I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the first podcast in Lamplighter's second season of podcasting. Can you believe believe that? I can't believe I'm saying that, Jan. (laughs) Lamplighter's is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. No matter who you are or where you are, no matter the time or experience you've had following Jesus, or if you haven't had any experience at all, we are grateful to be on the journey with you and look forward to becoming more of who God created us to be. Okay, so as Lynn and I were praying about and reflecting on our topic for this year's study, which I am not going to reveal right now, you have to tune back in for the teaser to get that, um, we really thought, you know, why don't we go back to the beginning and why don't we ask, you know, what is the Bible and why is it important to us? Why should we study it? So today we have invited a very special guest to be with us. Uh, His name is Thomas Daniel. He would say he is one of the pastors at Covenant, but I will tell you he's the senior pastor at Covenant, and we just all respect him so much. He's laughing. (laughs) Anyway, welcome, Thomas, and uh, thanks for coming today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Take it away. Well, it's it's an honor to be here. You know, before we get into even kind of the talk about the Bible, you guys have kind of broken ground for us as a church that a lot of people are looking at of how this podcast works and uh, how it's worked in some different ways. And, you know, one of the big questions we have as we think about what the church of of today and tomorrow is going to look like, because COVID's changed us completely Mm -hmm. as a society. It's changed us in what it means to therefore be the church Mm -hmm. uh, and to be relevant. And uh, there are a lot of conversations taking place about... um, this sort of intersection of what I think the church is going to look like, which is a future that's, that's going to be a combination of high tech and high touch and mm. how you think about what are high tech solutions and what are high touch solutions. And, and so what's happened with the podcast mm. and what's happened with uh, lamplighters in the last year has been a really interesting thing that uh, some of us are learning from about what that can look like and what, what possibilities exist in the future. So uh Thank you for having me here today, but also just thanks for, you know, the forced creativity that COVID put on all of us. And um, and I think I think I really mean this. I think this is an example of something that it's going to be fascinating to watch how the future unfolds because there was some real unexpected and joyful blessings that that took place because of of this podcast. So a lot of us are watching of where this goes. <laughs> no and, pressure, Liz. Yeah, yeah no pressure. Said but that. <laughs> but, uh, but to teach us to keep teaching us about how it goes. So. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I also, I'm, I'm excited to be here <clears throat> because Lamplighters generally is, is one of those kind of shining lights, I think, in, in Covenant. And I know this stretches beyond Covenant of where people are coming more fully alive, you know, mm-hmm. which is in our confessions, what we believe the point of faith is. It's not about rule following, but it's about where, where human beings are becoming more fully alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think when you look at the women that are taking a part of, of Lamplighters, you see that happening over and over and over again. It's one of those things when I first showed up at Covenant, you kept hearing about in, in different people in leadership, well, Lamplighters, Lamplighters, Lamplighters. Um, yeah. It's this rhythm that kept showing up in the health of our community. So mm-hmm. to be a part of this is great. To be a part of this is We're great. We're really glad you're here. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I think... I think uh, one of the things that just comes to mind as we think about the importance of studying scripture, mm-hmm. the importance of why we do this. Um, one of the things that drew me actually into 
the Presbyterian Church, uh, is how we talk about, uh, we don't always embody, but we talk about uh, the role of Scripture. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ways where Scripture in our culture uh, has been weaponized, and the approach to scripture has been weaponized, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we use words like infallible. Mm-hmm. And then if you ask eight people what that means, you're going to get eight different definitions. But then we have a lot of fights about oh, yeah. um, what's the right way. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, what's the right, and, and it's And the and right way is the only way. The only way. And that's what's happening in our culture right now. It's a lot of purity tests, like who's pure enough to be in the club. Yeah. And then who's not and voted off the island. And I, I think that that's a really... It's, it's a dangerous way of approaching Absolutely. scripture or life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I love that we talk about in our tradition is that the Bible is the unique and authoritative word. And, and, and I love that because it's actually designed to have some conversations around, mm. uh, around how do we wrestle with what those terms mean. Um, but that for me in my life is, and I think for me in, in ministry, uh, is, is what guides us. It's, it's unique. There's, there's nothing like it. There's mm-hmm. nothing uh, that it's not the Bible and uh, right. it's not the Bible and a good book I read or an op-ed piece. Um, and, but it's also authoritative in our life. Um, we don't seek to bend the Bible to our own desires. We seek to have the Bible mold and shape us. Um, even how we sometimes wrestle with what the Bible says, um, we interpret the scriptures through the scriptures itself. And I love that, that it's the authority of Scripture that allows us to wrestle with different passages. Mm. Um, and so when we encounter something that challenges us, maybe the point is to, to, for our hearts to be changed in that. But, uh, but when we ask, well, how do, I, how do I deal with this? We look to other passages of the Bible to guide us. And so that idea of being unique and authoritative in our life has always been something to me that, that has, has rooted me. Uh, in a sense. Um, And I think about that both individually and corporately, Mm -hmm. right? Like what does that mean for us individually? And what does that mean for us corporately um, as a church? As a church. Um, You know, for me individually, the Bible over and over and over again has been the guiding light of how we make decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Thy word is a lamp unto their feet. I've read that somewhere. Before. Yeah, yeah, it's vaguely someone should rattling create a Bible study with that kind of <laughs> I think in there so. um, somewhere from Psalms. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> should someone should write that down and let's see if we can <laughs> follow up on that. The, but but I remember one time. I remember one time when uh, I was very new to the faith, uh, and had and then had had decided to go study about faith in seminary. And as you all know, my wife is from the UK, and we had uh, had come to faith in Japan, and. Um, and so I started seminary because I wanted to, uh, I was always going to get a PhD in philosophy. And I thought, oh, well, this will be the master's that I do to, to academically learn about this faith to, to still go study philosophy. Um, but we had a really hard transition because we were mm-hmm. leaving Japan. Beth's visa wasn't through. And I started seminary in the, in the States. She was back in the, U, in the UK, which is not how you want to live your first year of marriage no. is, is apart for four or five months. And so I was looking at, at transferring back to the UK, and all of a sudden people started sending us passages of Scripture. Mm. And they talked about God's call to lean into the unique season in which we were. And there were some Scripture passages from 2 Timothy and some other ones 
that actually in the end, when we were looking at, should we, should we maybe move to the UK? Should we stay here? And it was very clear that God was calling us to step into the discomfort of where we were. Mm. And that changed the correction of our life. But it was, it was, it was passages of scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, Lord, this, and, and I remember at that time very much going, and this has happened so much in my life since then. It's like, Lord, this isn't what, what, what I want. <laughs> this is yeah, not what I exactly. would choose. I, I, I actually would like to not stay in the school. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, 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 for us to look at doing something else. And yet, if your word that's being given to us is guiding us to do this, we live under that authority. So individually, mm-hmm. that's what happens. And we stayed. And I'm, in the end, grateful because of that call. But the Lord's speaking authoritatively to us, mm-hmm. to you. to And that you know. is not always comfortable. Oh, it's not no. always roses and, you know, No, because and- usually it calls you to do the thing where you're like, well, that's not what I <laughs> would choose yeah. at all. But I also was thinking today about how that means for us, like, corporately, mm-hmm. right? Um. You know, one of the things that we do at Covenant in, in terms of how we form services of worship for our th- three services and then, you know, online is everything comes through the scripture. The scripture guides every piece of what of what we do. So we try to plan about six, eight months out. And and the what when we and when we talk about planning, it's not starting with music, it's not starting with a certain piece of music, it's not starting with a uh, kind of way of praying or anything else. It starts with um what is the scripture that's going to guide that Sunday? And then everything else that we do flows from that place. And so my hope is, and one of the ways that we review, which we do weekly um, in worship, is how did the music, the liturgy, the prayers, the sermon, how effective were they or were they not at illuminating the text for that week? Mm. It's not, did people like the sermon or did they like the um, the song that the choir sang or the, the, the band sang? It was, do we think people walked out of there with a greater sense of what the word mm-hmm. was? And if not, if they walk out remembering a sermon illustration, and this is always a danger for me as a preacher and especially in my style, mm-hmm. is I can tell a story sure. and people remember the story afterwards. Yeah. But it's like, if that's not what the passage was about, if it didn't actually illuminate the passage, it's a fail. Mm. That's not the point. Uh, it's not the point that you tell a good sermon or not the point did you tell a, sing a good hymn. Right. It's in the end, did the word become illuminated? So that's what helps us authoritatively to both um, plan the services mm-hmm. and then to look back and um, the week afterwards. And we do this again every week as a team and say, do you think people walked away with a greater sense of what the scripture mm-hmm was about? Or do you think people just liked what happened? Mm. But it's the, it's the authority of scripture that it's, it's scripture is the authoritative word. It's what matters. Not do they think Thomas had a good thought or, or something else. Well, that, that's a really good <clears throat> point to remember just even about doing a podcast. Mm. You know, it's right. like a sermon. Do they remember the story or do they remember really what it was all about, which was the scripture? Right. Yeah. Let's make, make a note, Lynn. We need yes, to start I doing do. that. <laughs> and, and something that I'd like to ask at this point that sort of, I think, piggybacks with this is talking about, especially if someone has never been in Scripture before, Sure, it can be overwhelming to even think about where to start. Yep. And so there are so many different ways to get into the Bible, but I have people say to me often, I don't have the training. I'm not smart enough. 
can't I just read someone's commentary and get what I need to get? Because they're talking about the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I can see how that's, I mean, I'm not going to tell you, I never look at commentaries because Mm -hmm. I do, Mm -hmm. but I also recognize the, the difference between looking at a commentary and actually being in the word. How do you, how do you sort of address that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, and it's something that I think you actually, the way I approach it as a pastor shouldn't be seen um, as any, as different for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the really important parts is, is that um, there's no one right answer yeah. to, to this stuff all the time, right? Like it's not that you read a passage and then go, well, I, I've got the answer to that. Um, or the commentary has the answer to that. And that's why you can read a scripture passage three years after you read it one time, and it says something completely different to yeah. you. Yes, and, exactly. And it wasn't right or wrong either time. This is God's living word mm-hmm. and how and how uh, he speaks to us. And so, you know, when I preach, I, I, I will often look at a commentary or look at what someone says. But but the wonderful part uh, about, about our faith is that— um, God is uniquely calling each of us to engage his word. So one of the hard parts for me in preaching when I was, when I was young, and sometimes I still want to do this, is, um, oh, Tim Keller wrote something really great mm-hmm. about that, and so I want to um, say that, or I want to get to something like that. But what you realize as a pastor that, that's important to claim in kind of a, a, of a pastoral role is for whatever reason— as incomplete as I am, and as incomplete as my understanding of life and faith is, for some strange, wonderful reason, God has uniquely called me to engage the scripture in the context of Covenant Presbyterian Church in the year 2021, not Tim Keller. Yeah, And I don't mm-hmm. get why that is, but that's what's happened. And there's a living thing that takes place in that. But the same way when I read the Bible with my daughter— or read it myself, and we're, or, and we're trying to talk about, like, what does it mean to parent teenagers or anything else? God's uniquely speaking to us in that. Mm-hmm. And so anytime someone engages the text, um, you know, it's like, uh, I always want to hear from them. Uh, one of my favorite things is, is a Bible study that I teach for, for men in, in, uh, twice a month, in, uh, and we have people like lamplighters, new to the faith, mm-hmm. never been in a Bible study before, and it's like, tell me what you're seeing in yeah. this, because God's going to say something to you. And sometimes my seminary training is the biggest impediment to me <laughs> actually hearing what God wants to say yeah. Yeah. to it. And so, um, and the, the, the last thing, and I know you all do this well, but it's also important why we do it in community, right? That it's not there's one authoritative individual, uh, Thomas Daniel, Lynn Adams, Jan Skaggs, or anyone else. Ultimately, we have this, we, we, we read the Bible in circles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's in me hearing what you see and me hearing what, what Jan sees. It's one of my favorite parts when, um, when we plan worship services mm-hmm. is I'll do it with Jerry Wise mm-hmm. or Michael Schumann. And, and pe- you know, people who work at our church but haven't you know, been to seminary. And yet when they get the scripture passages and then th- they're planning music and liturgy too, and they come back and go, I want to do this song. And you're like, well, why do you want to do this song? And they're going, well, when I read the passage, this connected. And I'm listening to it going, that is brilliant. Yeah. And I didn't see that in there. Um, and so, so I, you know, I think that I think we have to really seek to empower people that, mm-hmm. um, that God is uniquely going to call you to the text. Mm-hmm. You are going to see something uh, interesting that a commentary might offer a different perspective to you, but you have something to offer 
to the person writing the commentary. Yeah. And that's the beauty of grace that God, God doesn't sit there and go, oh, you don't have a PhD in this, so you're not qualified. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, Thomas, for years and years and years, that's what we got from the church. Yes. Was, you are not professionally <laughs> trained and therefore. Yeah. And yes. I, for me, the freshest, most exciting insights are from people who are relatively new to the faith who are looking at it with fresh eyes. Totally. And and, and it just has come alive to them. Totally. That's very exciting. Well, t- think about this in any kind of like gathering or, or group or institution. Like anytime a new employee comes to Covenant, I always ask them, it's like, write down the weird stuff that the rest of us don't see anymore, right? Oh, that's oh, a yeah. great thing like, to do. I remember, I remember when I started at, at Covenant and we had this thing that the kids would leave in the middle of worship to go to Treasure Island and some <laughs> somebody at the back of the room would like, these kids would walk out and leave. I remember that, yeah. And I was like, A, that sounds creepy. <laughs> B, I don't know who that person is as a parent. Yeah. C, you never explained where they're going. They just disappeared with these children. And if you're new, that doesn't That's make weird. sense, right? It's weird. And so, like, I always want new employees to get, sit there and go, we've gotten used to all kinds of dysfunction here. So tell us what you are seeing in this. We need to learn from the uniqueness you bring. And that's exactly the same way when it comes mm-hmm. to faith, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you have people that'll go, well, this is what I see. And you're like, thank you for, <laughs> for making this real. That doesn't mean that, that spending years studying the scripture, I think there's, there's experience. I think there's training that you can bring to it. But again, it's why I think a mentor mind says that church has to be done in circles rather than lines. Mm-hmm. Lines are you listen to the expert up front who, mm-hmm. who says this is what it means. To sit there and say that, no, my job, I one time heard someone say, the job of a pastor is to set up a conversation between a person and God and then to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great right? description. Rather than like, oh, I'm my authority because I've got a doctorate and in this and so people listen to me. It's my, my job is to try to set up a conversation between you and God and get out of the way. The magic isn't what I'm saying. The magic is what the Lord's going to do in your life or in community. Yeah. And that's where I love that image, that, that, mm-hmm. the, that the scriptures are engaged in circles. And I, even in this podcast, I'm one part of that circle. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm grateful to have a voice in that. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that that people are coming to me like, well, this is what I see in it. And you're like, yeah. I didn't see that. Thank you for stretching me. Yeah. One of the challenges we have— and. It, it doesn't seem to matter how long they've studied or how much experience they've had with it or whatever is people coming to it saying, well, I don't, I didn't, I don't really have anything to add. And, you know, we always tell them it's like a pie. Everybody has a piece. And when you put it all together, you get the whole pie. Mm -hmm. And even if you think you don't have a very big piece, it may be the piece that completes the pie for, for people who are studying for the first time. So there's a lot of kind of, empowering, which was your word, encouraging, you know, people to actually share what they learn and what they see. Yeah, what they see yeah. in it. Because the other part is what might seem trivial to you oh. might turn into the thing that transforms another person's life. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other part, because ultimately it's not about us. It's the Lord working through, through the Holy Spirit, through his unique and authoritative word. And the and the thing that 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 to you might seem like the most elementary thing can be the thing that God uses to click in another person's life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, ultimately that's what we're all trying to do here is to set up that conversation between people and mm-hmm. God and get out of the way, mm-hmm. not to speak as the authority, 
uh, that has all of the answers and can tie it up in a in a pretty little bow. So, yeah, it's uh, the difference between inclusivity and exclusivity, hmm. right? Like including everyone's yes. thoughts in this and yes. not excluding because they don't have the right training or right. they haven't been doing this long right. enough. Mm-hmm. Or that Philippians 1 has a right answer. Right. And it's like, no, it doesn't have a right answer. And so um, I can go back and like, like even in preaching, I can go back to texts I preached on five years ago, 10 years ago and preach on the same thing. And it goes in a completely different yeah. direction because the community's in a different place or I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. And, and in the end, I think that's some of, some of our training and this is true in our society as a whole. It's like, I get the degrees, I become an expert, and um, uh, and therefore I have the right to do what I do. And that works in a lot of areas, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want someone doing brain surgery on me yeah. that's like, I just feel really good about <laughs> right. this, right? Yeah, like, I, I, I can want do it. someone. I'm pretty who, sure I can do this. Right. I yeah. want someone who has the <laughs> training. Flying the plane. And, or yeah. flying the plane, right? It's like, yeah, we're going to go to the UK uh, in a couple of weeks and to have people just going, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel really good about this. I've yeah. never done it, but I, I've seen but it on TV. But you just punch buttons, right? Right, I've seen it on TV. You just sort of, you know, pull up and you go. But there's a, there's a, there's a, what's important about the church, and this is unique, is that there's a flatter hierarchy. Jesus is the head, mm-hmm. and the rest of us are in community following. And, and that flatter hierarchy means that, that there is, uh, that it works a little differently. That it's not that, oh, Thomas has a degree or Jan or Lynn has been leading this year, so therefore they're more qualified to give the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that requires a lot of humility on our part because mm-hmm. it is different than leadership in, in other arenas. But that's the exciting part. That's the wondrous part is to say to people, it's like, no, 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 it doesn't work like like brain surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that should change, change how we lead. But mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to have a flatter, flatter hierarchical structure and social structure than most other places uh, in society. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that the church is supposed to be completely countercultural on. We're doing nothing more than the cultural thing when it's the pastor with the doctorate up front telling us what mm-hmm. to do. And we learn the answers and take notes and then leave. Right. It's a completely different way when, you, when a leader understands, I'm here to set up a conversation with you and God and get out of the way. That's a totally different way of understanding the ethos of who we are. Mm-hmm. But if people don't step forward in that as empowered folks in community who mm-hmm. have a voice, inclusivity, yeah. then actually the church crumbles. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also recognizing the way we were created, right? Straight from scripture is we each have unique gifts yes. that we bring yeah. yep. to every situation. Yep. And if we take any of those out, we're not getting the full picture. Exactly. It's exactly right. I mean, we've, we've all had this as, as parents, right? Yeah. Um, you're, you can have your child say something to you and it challenges, you know, what it's like, oh, I thought I was doing this, but I, I should be doing that. Or I thought we were living this out, but I see a beauty to something or an inconsistency to something. It, 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 it works differently uh, in that. And, and the wrong parenting Technique is sit there and go, I'm sorry, I'm not listening to you. I'm the authority. Because I know. Because I know. Because I'm because I'm the dad. Right. Because I'm the dad. Because and and because I certainly don't make mistakes yeah, in right. life or in <laughs> faith or in, right. in teaching values. It's like, no, I mean, and and so th- there's that kind of back and forth, mm-hmm. you know? And and again, I think that ultimately one of the things that is the opportunity in this, that again, if and scripture 
Scripture is the foundation for this, is that ultimately the church is meant to be a countercultural community. Mm-hmm. We are meant to be the counterculture. And, and if we take this seriously, yeah. that we are all, I mean, think about this, that we are all co-teachers and co-learners. Mm. Mm. I mean, think about that. that. That is one of the ways that our social system is different. That we are all co-teachers and co-learners mm-hmm. in community together. And that the Lord is the authority and the one who is speaking. And the word is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. But we need everyone to be actively engaged as co-teaching and co-learning. And that is going to be different than most other guilds or associations or communities mm-hmm. that we are a part of. And that's what's truly exciting about it. It's what's truly exciting about it. I love that. And I, yeah. and I think this is that is a good uh, definition, description of what we hope for lamplighters to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not Jan and I sitting here on high teaching. It's right. actually us having a discussion and everyone else joining in that discussion and bringing their their ideas and thoughts and insights to that discussion right. as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Based on scripture. I love the way you described yeah. uh, your sermon planning and your worship planning mm-hmm. is that everything it, you put the word here in the middle and everything ripples out mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. comes from that mm-hmm. in, illumines that mm-hmm. whatever we can do that in our own lives too mm-hmm. you know if I, something in my life is not consistent with what god is showing me in scripture then i need to not try to align scripture to me i need to realign to scripture that's right and um that's sometimes not very fun no but it's always is, rewarding it, <laughs> it, you know what it is it is um i mean take take the idea for example one of the one of the topics jesus teaches about most is is the idea of of wealth and money and possessions and what we do with this mm-hmm. um any of us can justify not being generous any of us mm-hmm. there is always a reason that we don't have enough mm-hmm. that we have to be prepared for x y or z um but you know, I, I think that that's one of those examples. It's like there is a joy, and you know, we're not, we're not, this is not an ask for money or anything else. I'm just using this. <laughs> it's, not mention the time. Any, anytime people start talking, hearing a pastor talk about money, they're like, oh, here we go. He's announcing some sort of campaign we got to give to. But no, but it, but like that's one of those topics. Like there is a joy in living with open hands rather than clenched fists. Mm-hmm. But scripture has to uproot you in that. Scripture has to be the thing that you say, this is not what I would choose. Most of us give far less. Uh, and I, let's talk about our time. Let's not even talk about money. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Of, of what we do. And and yet when we give, when we live with extravagant generosity, there is a joy that comes from that, that living behind the logic of clenched fists doesn't do. And that's, I mean, to me, that's one of the, those examples. And there's so many others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do, do I, as a husband, when I look at uh, what scripture calls me to do as a husband, to realize that the only clear call for me, scripturally, biblically, is that I am called to seek to outserve and be a leader by outserving my wife. Yeah. So how are you doing on that, Thomas? I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but what I have realized in you know in marriage is that when I seek to live that out as mm-hmm. best I can, my marriage flourishes. Yes. Yes. My life flourishes when I seek to live with more generosity than with less. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, we're in this phase right now with, with teenagers, right? Mm-hmm. Is our house has become like Grand Central Station since 
uh, since COVID kind of restrictions are lifted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. vaccines are. So like we have children in the house, honestly, all the time. Yeah. And it's like multiple kids. I don't even know most of their names. At time. I know their <laughs> names, but it's like, but I'm, there are a lot of times where I'm sitting there going, I would just like on a Sunday afternoon after preaching multiple times mm-hmm. to not have people here right now. Mm-hmm. And yet there is a joy when you live generously to seeing people who want to be in our home, to seeing people that want to be around, to see our children wanting people to have mm-hmm. their friends exposed mm-hmm. to us, that it's like, mm. uh, if I clench down and I go, well, I just don't want this right now because I'm kind of tired. It's yeah. like, no, to live generously brings so much blessing to life, but I don't choose that naturally in the moment. Do you know, do you know what I mean yeah, by that? I know sure. what you mean by that. Absolutely. And, and that to me is... So much of what scripture, yes, we bend ourselves to scripture Mm -hmm. because in the end, that's how we come alive. Yeah. And you know, when you, what is, what is running through my head at this point is I think, and you said this in the beginning, scripture can be used to weaponize. Mm -hmm. And I think if we approach scripture as this is going to tell me everything in my life that I'm doing wrong and it's here to condemn me. Yes. As opposed to. You missed the blessing. Yes. As opposed to, yes. It is to guide me. It is to show me what I'm doing wrong, but it's to give me the gift of what it looks like to live right, to live yeah. righteously mm-hmm. and live according to Jesus's plan. Yes. Well, it, it, yes. And I think as a part of that too, is it's not meant to be a rule book that we yes. check, we check things yes. off. It is meant to be that ultimately we are built for relationship, yeah. for encounter. And, and I would say over the course of my life, the places I've encountered the Lord the most mm-hmm are through the engagement of his word, yeah, right? But mm-hmm. that's ultimately, um, you, you know, we can we don't want to put the Bible on the pedestal. Right. We want to put Jesus yes. on the pedestal. Right. And the Bible is a an essential, cannot get to into the presence of Jesus without. But the, but the, but the, and I think there are a lot of Christians that do this, put the Bible on the pedestal. And the, the goal is purity based on some rules we find. Mm. Now, we proof text that. Right. It's like I, sure. I right. go to the rules that I like and <laughs> ignore the right. ones I don't. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I go to the rules that align with my worldview uh-huh. and ignore the ones that 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 push me. Sure. Um, but that's not ultimately the goal. The goal is the is Jesus is the point. Every, Jesus yeah. is the object of our worship. Jesus is who our lives revolve around and that scripture illuminates. Yeah. But but when I look at my life of where encounters with Jesus, the experience of following the Lord comes from. Scripture is the place over and over and over again in my life mm-hmm. that I and that we are pushed, are encouraged, are illumined as to what that encounter yeah. means. Um, but I think that's a fundamentally different way. And we talk about the mistakes of the church. I think one of the mistakes of the church has been we have treated it like a rule book mm-hmm. purity test. Right. And as if the goal is following Ooh. the rules of the Bible. Yeah. The Bible's not the object of our yeah. worship. And that can sound sacrilegious when you almost, but it's, it's not. Jesus is. You can't mm-hmm. get to that without the Bible. That's why it roots our worship services. That's why it roots what we, our worldviews. It's but unique it's and authoritative. A, it's unique and authoritative, <clears throat> but it's not the rule book by which we run our purity yeah. tests mm-hmm. yeah. to say who's in and who's out. It, it, it's, it's a good difference to remember. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me make sure I, I understand something that you said because I want to go go back to that. I think it will be applicable for our women. In that, yes, it's not a rule book, but it is eminently practical 
yes. in your life yes. is transformative. Yes. Because that's what I hear you saying. You've been transformed as a husband mm-hmm. and as a father mm-hmm. and as a man yep. and probably as a preacher in a variety of yep. other ways by your engagement with scripture. Yep. And that is what we want for our women. Yes. Is that transformation to look more like Christ. To look more like Christ. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and you know, and, the, and the, as Tim Keller says, the sin that lies beneath all sin is idolatry. Oh, yeah. And so what we constantly having to do and why we need to keep going, one of the reasons we keep going to Scripture and then re-engaging Scripture is that uh, I constantly want to fashion faith in God in my own image. I constantly want to say, well, here's what my life should look like, or here's what life should look like, or here's what's good, or here's what's right. Mm-hmm. And what is important is that Scripture is constantly the thing that we're going to go and know this illumines God's way. This illumines God's Word. One of the most you know, basic things I'm going to do is start manipulating in all kinds of parts of my life. And scripture is that thing that brings us back to going, no, this is what is good. (laughs) This is the call. You know, you you can take the idea of what it means to be a a pastor or a husband and read some, some other book and go, oh, I'm going to, but if it is out of alignment with what this idea of like, no, I'm supposed to outserve my wife. That's, that's, that's not what we're. That's not what we call. That's not where life's going to come from. Right. You've been recentered. Yeah. Well, scripture. I thank you for the reminder <clears throat> that it's Jesus. That's the ultimate <laughs> oh, yeah, goal, absolutely. not the Bible study. But the the Bible study is fundamental to to knowing who that yep. is, knowing who Jesus is, mm-hmm. and our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the best encouragement we can give our women going into the study this year. Absolutely. Is that this is this is about a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much head knowledge we can get from studying Scripture. It's about how that information transforms our heart to be in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So well, I really it's, appreciate it's like what this. Thomas said earlier. It, it, you can know it yeah. in your head, yeah. but when you experience it, you you've acted on it, and then you experience yeah. it, and you experience yeah. the extravagant generosity. Mm-hmm. And why God says that's a great way to live mm-hmm. is because you have stepped out in faith and done that. Mm-hmm. I have the funniest story to say about my husband. But I'm not going to share that right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another time. Another, Another time, time. You will get to hear about that. Um, it, in closing, Thomas, I just want you to tell us, kind of remember back um, the, the first time that, that Scripture came alive to you. Mm. I, I, I know exactly when it was. Oh, tell us. Brilliant. So um, I, came, I came to faith. I... Uh, in many ways, through a Japanese a Japanese house church, um, while I was living in Japan. But the moment, um, and, and I, and again, I, I don't. I sometimes feel weird telling these stories because sometimes in the church we can. The more dramatic your story is, the more real it is, and mm-hmm. that's not true. Right. Um, I, I I hope my children don't have a faith story like me. I want them never to know. I want them always to know. Of God's love. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't hope for anyone, but I didn't. Yeah. And I remember in a in a Welsh, I was in Wales, a Welsh Baptist pastor's house was the moment that I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life. Wow. And th- that's a whole different thing. But I went back to Beth's house afterwards to her parents' house. And I stayed up. Uh, for most of the night and was reading the Bible 
but memorizing it was a Holy Spirit thing because I'm not I'm not good at reading and memorizing, but memorizing like whole paragraphs of scripture. Mm-hmm. And it was it was I was so aware of God's presence. But the way that God was speaking to me and the way that I was speaking to God was through the Bible. It was just reading these passages of scripture for Mm -hmm. hours and letting those words wash over me. And actually, sometimes the words were actually how I was like speaking back Mm -hmm. to God. And I remember sitting in her parents' living room for hours while everyone else was in bed, just pouring through what these scriptures were. And I had been studying faith and I thought faith was real and everything Mm -hmm. else. But that was when, and it was, it was the Bible that was this method of communication now. And when I'm up at three in the morning and wrestling with stuff in my own life, um, the Bible is what comes out, not because of a rule and not, but because it's like, I need to hear from, Mm -hmm. I need to speak to. And it's, and, and rather than me offering the Santa Claus prayer Mm -hmm. of like, Lord, I need this and the church needs this and the people need this. So what are you going (laughs) to do? The Bible is still my 3am method of what do you want to say? And how do I even have words to communicate with you? Mm. And so often the Psalms will be what I read through in those moments. I mean, the mm-hmm. Psalms experience the whole range of the human experience and just God to us and us to God. Um, but no, I, I, I remember that. And that's, that's still how I experience, yeah. which is the goal. Yeah. How God communicates with me and even how it gives me words of what I feel and want to say to God. And the Psalms were that night as I was reading the Psalms are still my, still my go-to. At Your go-to. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, a story. I know Lynn word. has a story. We'll share those. We'll for share later. those later. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned yeah. for that. But I do want to close there though. Just recognizing that <clears throat> scripture is holy language, mm-hmm. <clears throat> holy language from God to us and holy language from us to God yes. too. And I think that's a great place. To close, unless you have something else you want to add. No, I, I I appreciate being a part of this. And, you know, I think to continue to see in the thriving of our of our church and mm-hmm. our own lives, to see lamplighters, to see our other Bible studies staying and being at the core of where that transformation takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I think that's really important for for us as for me as a pastor to remember is that it's 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 critical that we don't think we're coming up with any we don't have to come up with something new. <laughs> right. There's exactly. nothing like and people think that all yeah. the time when they think about small groups, for example. They're yeah. like, oh, you know, I know that this non-denominational church that does this is like, no, they didn't invent this. Jesus did. Right. Jesus had <laughs> twelve that walked with like like <clears throat> it's it, we think we're like all creative and mm-hmm. and yet it's it's there's this great, great quote, and and I'm not gonna get it quite right, but by a British author named G.K. Chesterton. And when G.K. Chesterton talks about the, um, the, what it means to be a parent to a young child or to be around a young child. And he said, one of the hard parts about young children is that they can exult in monotony. He writes <laughs> that a young child will do something and they yes. think it's fun. And they'll say to the parent, do it do again, it again. Do, do it again, again. <laughs> do it again. Until he, and he, what he says, until the adult is just bored with it. And it's uh-huh. like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he said, what if God has the spirit of a young child? Mm. What if God mm. looks at the sun every morning as it's about to rise and says, do it again? Yeah. And what if God looks at the sun every night it's about to set and says, do it again? What if God didn't make, he writes, every daisy mm. Mm. Um, and mass produce it because God was bored? 
What if God produced it and saw the beauty in it and said, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And said that, he said, one of the things that we have to consider as Christians is that we have grown older than our father, mm. that our father has the eternal appetite of infancy, mm. he writes, yeah. and that there's a power in do it again. Mm. And that we don't have to invent anything that it's like, what is, what is lamplighters? What are, we, what are we as people supposed to do? We're supposed to engage this new year by saying, let's do it again. Yeah. Let's Perfect. gather around the word. Let's do so in community. Let's do it again. Yeah. And that if we can do that and exult in the rhythms and the habits, mm. that's where the transformation is going to take place over looking for the new fad, mm. over looking for the new thing. And so I just, I think you all have modeled that in ways. And um, and I'm going to see excited as we go into this new year, see what God's going to do again. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you for here. coming. Okay, until next time.